the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, November the 24th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 24th, 1859, Charles Darwin, he published his infamous work on the origin of species, which explained his theory of evolution. But did you know that that work was also known as the preservation of favored races in the struggle for life. Of course, they've dropped that because that isn't complimentary, but it's what was intended. You don't hear that part of the title of his work very often anymore because that would link him up with the likes of Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. Today in 1874, I thought you should know this, Joseph Glidden received a patent for barbed wire. Where would we be in the West without barbed wire? Today in 1947, a group of writers, producers, and directors, they became known as the Hollywood Ten, they were cited for contempt of Congress for refusing to answer questions about their alleged communist involvement and communist influence in the movie industry. Today in 1963, Jack Ruby shot and killed Lee Harvey Oswald, Oswald the accused assassin of President John F. Kennedy. The scene was captured on live television. TV was covering, they were moving uh, Oswald, the authorities, and Ruby showed up and killed him on television, live. Today in 1971, a hijacker calling himself Dan Cooper, you know him as D.B. Cooper, parachuted from a Northwest Orient Airlines 727 over the Pacific Northwest. It was near Mount St. Helens. He had received $200,000 in ransom. Associated Press wrote a story on this this morning. They said his fate remains unknown. Well, if you go up into areas that I do occasionally, aerial and around those parts of Washington State, They could tell you all about it up there. They have a lot of theories. Today, 1995, voters in Ireland narrowly approved a constitutional amendment legalizing divorce. Today, in 2000, the U.S. Supreme Court stepped into the bitter, Associated Press calls it an overtime struggle for the White House agreeing to consider George W. Bush's appeal against the hand recounting of ballots in Florida. Yesterday, President Donald Trump, he said he would allow the General Services Administrator, GSA, you've been hearing that on the news a lot, or you will today, Emily Murphy. He said he would allow Emily Murphy to begin the initial steps for a transition of power to former Vice President Joe Biden. However, he did not concede the race. The 
the news media stumbles on that sometimes because they don't want you to know it. They want you to feel hopeless. They want you to believe that it's over. It's not moving in the right direction. I would be less than honest if I didn't tell you that. However, Trump said, our case strongly, all capital letters on strongly, continues. He said, we will keep up the good fight, and I believe we will prevail. He said, nevertheless, it is in the best interest of our country. I am recommending that Emily and her team do what they were supposed to do and move this thing forward. And so he has done the right thing. The president noted that Murphy had been harassed, threatened, and abused for resisting the beginning of the transition process until his campaign had concluded their legal challenge of the election results. That isn't um, actually posted in many of the news stories that are out there today, but that happened. And she, in her letter to Biden, mentioned that again. She said, I was never directly, she wrote a letter to Biden to initiate, formally initiate this transition. What that does, it releases money, basically. It releases about, I think it's about $7 million for various things, expenses of transitioning from one president to another, to the next president. And in, their, in her letter to Biden, formally saying that she was moving forward, which is formally saying, you know, there's, I think it's about $7 million here available for you to spend. I'm sure he can do that. But um, in her letter, she said, I was never directly or indirectly pressured by any executive branch official, meaning Trump administration, including those who work at the White House or GSA, with regard to the substance or timing of my decision. Murphy said that she would make available the services, resources for the presidential transition, as I said. She said, I did, however, in her letter, receive threats online, by phone, and by mail directed at my safety, my family, my staff, and even my pets in an effort to coerce me into making this determination prematurely. That would have been the left, the Democrats. Biden and... Kamala Harris are celebrating the news, of course, yesterday afternoon, last night, and this morning. They're probably not distancing each other. But they're noting that the GSA administrator had ascertained, these are this is Joe's words, ascertained that they were the apparent winners of the election. Today's decision is a needed step to begin tackling the challenges facing our nation including getting the pandemic under control and getting our economy back on track, said this transition director, Johannes Abraham, in a statement. Abraham added that transition officials would immediately begin meeting with federal officials to gain complete understanding of the Trump administration's efforts to hollow out government agencies. In other words, Hey, we're not even president yet, and we're going to start building back the government. It's too small. Trump has hollowed it out, and we're going to make it smaller now. There's going to be a lot of that going on. We'll be talking about those kinds of things on this program, should he indeed become the next president of the United States. God forbid, but it could happen. It's not moving in the right direction as I speak, but 
God knows. God is in control. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 talks about circumstances and giving thanks. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I urge that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made for all people. God calls us to a higher response to the circumstances around us. Oh, we don't want to be in denial, and we certainly don't want to be uninformed. But God calls us to a higher response, and that is to give thanks in all circumstances, not for them, but in them. And that's where we find ourselves at Thanksgiving 2020. Circumstances. And they're not good for the conservative, for the Christian, for the person who believes in biblical Judeo-Christian values and principles, for the person who believes as our founding fathers did in America, as it was founded, as it was launched, as it was directed for generations until more recently. Things are not moving in the right direction, but I want to tell you, it is a time, and every day is a time, to give thanks in all circumstances. Because if we want to know God's will, that is His will, according to His word. Give thanks in all th- circumstances. So we put aside all of the the attacks on the foundations of this nation, and we simply find the things that we can give thanks to God. And there are many. There are many. Ben Carson, he found one of those things he can give thanks for nearly two weeks after testing positive for COVID-19. Dr. Ben Carson, great guy, U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development in the Trump administration. He believes that he's, he said his words out of the woods at this point. He said, I'm confident that together we will be victorious because God is still in charge. That's a quote from the medical doctor. He said, I have several comorbidites after a brief period when I only experienced minor discomfort. This is doctor talk. But anyway, he experienced minor discomfort. The symptoms accelerated. Then he said, I became desperately ill. He's 69 years old. Pediatric neurosurgeon, as you know. Member of the White House Coronavirus Task Force, as well as being the Housing and Urban Development Secretary. But he said, thanks to Trump, the fabulous White House medical team and the phenomenal doctors at Walter Reed. He said, I do believe I'm out of the woods at this point. And he said, I want to tell you, and he emphasized it again, God is still in charge. I think he's talking about his own physical condition, but he's probably talking about a broader range than that as well. God is in charge, or as we like to say here, God is in control because he is. And I can tell you that regardless of what happens in the coming days and weeks and months, God will still be in control. Joe Biden may have all kinds of dark dreams and his dark winter for America, but God is in control. 
and he will remain in control. So give thanks in our circumstances with a thankful heart. It was an interesting uh, column published in the University of Virginia newspaper. I read a lot of stuff. I don't normally read the University of Virginia newspaper. I do read newspapers from Virginia, but I just noticed this article and I want to talk a little bit about it as it relates not to the University of Virginia, but to the West Coast, Washington, Oregon, and California. But I noticed this column in the University of Virginia newspaper is urging fellow progressive students. You know, it's written by one of these 19-year-olds who know everything that has ever been known to mankind. That I think that would probably be the case. But anyway, one of these progressive students, he's written this article urging all students on campus when they see their family members to, quote, stand up to their racist family members over the Thanksgiving dinner. He said, that's a wonderful time if you gather together. Now, we'll get to that and why that may not be happening here in the West in just a moment. But other places are actually having people in for Thanksgiving dinner, and there are groups of more than 2.5 people or whatever. So he's saying this is a wonderful time when your family is gathered around the table for Thanksgiving to really take them on. That's what he's saying, to stand up to their racist views. Well, the three governors who rule on the West Coast, they're taking a little different tack to stealing Thanksgiving, but that's what this kid is talking about. His parents have spent, you know, whatever year he's in in college, if he's halfway through, they've spent, you know, 120 grand probably or 100 grand, whatever, to educate, quote unquote, their child. So he has educated to the point now that he thinks Thanksgiving dinner is a great time to attack family members who don't agree with your far left progressive views. He would be in line with the governors out here in the West, on the West Coast, but They're taking a little different tack. This activist student is calling on all progressive students to make this year's Thanksgiving dinner a special and memorable event by confronting their family, particularly over racism, because Thanksgiving, he says, is a racist holiday. This young, all-knowing columnist says that white progressives can take action by debunking misinformation and combating hateful rhetoric. <laughs> I sub- suspect they're gonna, he's going to combat hateful rhetoric with even more hateful rhetoric at the dinner table on Thanksgiving. The young activist even admits that he's celebrating over the election. <laughs> it's not quite finished yet, my friend, but He's celebrating over the election of Joe Biden, but he said this young intellectual is warning all progressives that he said we have to even keep an eye on Biden to be sure he doesn't stray from the progressive way. He said, quote, our new president must be held accountable and face demands to execute a progressive agenda. Now, I wouldn't spend this much time on some kid in Virginia who obviously doesn't know up from down, but. He's certainly been indoctrinated, except that he's speaking for perhaps millions of college students across America who have sat under the same tutorship that he has. 
and they believe the same things that he does. Then the kid concludes his column by saying, hateful beliefs are not welcome. Well, I said he, it's a she, I guess. But hateful beliefs are not welcome at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> There's more to the column, but you've got the point. Disrupt what could be a meaningful gathering of family members. Don't let them have a good time. Don't let them enjoy one another. And God forbid, if they happen to be conservatives and Christians, disrupt their expression of thanksgiving to God. Because they're hateful. If they don't buy into the far-left progressive agenda. Of course, if his family or her family lives on the West Coast, not to worry, because there probably won't be a gathering, at least a legal one. I like to talk about the governor's three, meaning Washington, Oregon, California, for a minute. Jay Inslee is the leader of the pack in Washington State, as we all know. The American Council on Science and Health wrote an article about Jay Inslee. In it, they're saying... The Washington State Governor, I'm quoting them, Jay Inslee, has canceled Thanksgiving as part of a new COVID lockdown. This is American Council on Science and Health. Jay Inslee has canceled Thanksgiving as a part of a new COVID lockdown. The Grinch of Whoville couldn't have created a better policy, they say. Well, I would agree. While agreeing that certain measures must be taken during this pandemic, they point out that all restrictions are not equally smart. They continue in their article, they say, for example, they notice that Grinch, and then they put a line through it, but they leave the word in their column, Grinch, and then they replace it with Governor of Washington, just announced sweeping new restrictions that essentially put the entire state back into lockdown, at least through mid-December. They point out the glaring poor policy of one-size-fits-all for each county in the state. They give a couple of examples. One of them is this. Example, I'm quoting from them. Consider tiny little Waukiacum County in the southwest corner of the state. It has a population of roughly 4,500 people. There have been a total of 11 cases, zero hospitalizations, and zero deaths. Why should this county be subject to the same restrictions as King County, where Seattle is located? They conclude, quote, but Washington State is notoriously allergic to smart policies, let alone ones based on science. And the last line of this article from American Council on Science and Health is Christmas next? Well, I think that's probably on the minds of people that are not part of the American Council on Science and Health. It's crossed a lot of our minds. Is Christmas next? I think we know the answer. That's why we're asking ourselves the question. Oregon's governor, Kate Brown, has outdone herself. Boy, if if you think Inslee is progressive, she told Oregon residents to call the cops, and I mentioned this yesterday, but I've got to mention it again in this context, to call the cops if they see anyone violating her coronavirus rules. Really, she said that. She's made national news yesterday. Her orders include a two-week freeze, that includes limiting indoor and outdoor gatherings to, new more, to uh, no more than six people from no more than two households. She says, quote, we must stay vigilant. 
She says reporting your neighbors for violations is no different than what happens if there's a party down the street. I'm quoting her. If there's a party down the street and it's keeping everyone awake, what do neighbors do in that case? They call law enforcement because it's too noisy. This is just like that. It's like a violation of a noise ordinance. And she says violators can face up to 30 days in jail, up to $1,250 in fines, or both. She says she will be working with the state police and local law enforcement to encourage Oregonians to comply with her mandate. She doesn't explain whether or not those who snitch on their neighbors get a reward from the government, though, and I'm wondering about that. Under Nazism in Germany, people were rewarded for reporting their neighbors. There was a reward system. Maybe she has that, too. I'm not sure. In California, Newsom is probably the slickest of all three of the little emperors on the West Coast out here. But there's some form of a lockdown that's been in place for about eight months now. Now, as we approach Thanksgiving Day, Governor Newsom, he's thrown a curfew on top of all of his other restrictions. We've got to get this virus And it can only be conquered through restrictions and government overreach. It did not go unnoticed that Governor Governor Newsom, with a kind of a messianic and kind of a um, king-like self-image, he was seen out in Napa Valley, out in the grapevines, at a high-end restaurant, celebrating his own birthday with his elite friends and breaking all of his own rules. And some of the people that were there with him celebrating were medical doctors who are are head, two of them are heads of the State of California Medical Association. Their wives and they were having a big party. So when he was called on it, people started asking, they heard about it, Governor Newsom, what about the curfew? What about the distancing? What about all these regulations you're putting on all 40 million of us? He said, oh, we were outside. And then and then a, a waiter, a server at this high-end restaurant just happened to have recognized him and took some pictures with that pesky iPhone that everybody carries around in their back pocket or whatever, purse or whatever. The pictures then showed up on the media. So Governor Newsom then seeing the images of himself And they weren't outside, they were inside. He then said, well, after lying and getting caught, he said, well, he said, I guess we were inside. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. The new restrictions require people to stay at home from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. unless they are responding to an emergency. I'm reading this from their directive. Unless they're responding to an emergency, shopping for groceries, picking up takeout, or walking their dog. Those are the exceptions. The curfew applies to 41 of the state's 58 counties. These counties encompass 94% of nearly 40 million people that are living in the most populous state in the United States. As you can imagine, people are upset about this. They're saying, wait a minute. This is too much, too far. So they've taken to the streets. They're not breaking anything. They're just marching. They're carrying great big flags, huge American flags. 
And then those flags, you know, with the blue line that goes across it, it's a U.S. flag for to support police. A lot of I've been looking at some of the pictures. A lot of them are carrying those. They're saying it's unconstitutional. It's unacceptable. I want to tell you something. This is only the beginning when this Biden thing happens, if indeed it happens. And I know there are Christian leaders who have predicted, they say they have a word from the Lord that Trump will remain president. And they're still saying that. There are a number of leaders, Christian leaders around the country. A couple of them actually I have met. I don't know them personally, but I've met them. And they're saying this, and I'm I'm not going to judge that. I mean, that's between them and God, but we'll see what happens. I mean, God is in control. But if Joe Biden should become the next president of the United States with Kamala Harris running the country, because he's not capable of it, and with these guys that he's bringing in, and it's it's scary to say the least. I will tell you, this is only the beginning. But we've got to remember, as Dr. Ben Carson says, with a crooked little smile, God is in control. God is in charge. So is this going to last beyond Thanksgiving in California as well? Will they be extended through Christmas? What about Washington? Will Kate Brown in Oregon have people still peeking on their neighbors to report them if they break any of the rules? People are asking. I think most of us are asking ourselves, if not others. Amid some of the direst circumstances, a nation at war with itself, President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed a day of national thanksgiving to God. Not for the circumstances, but in spite of the circumstances, but for the blessings in spite of those circumstances. He began with this, quote, Abraham Lincoln, the year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthy skies. Then continuing, he acknowledged the great civil war raging in America. More than 600,000 Americans were killed. We killed each other in that war over a godly principle that no man should own another man, slavery. He said, while thanking God because it could be worse, foreign states could have tried to take advantage of our division, but by God's grace, we were not attacked from without during this great civil war. He then set his hand in his seal of the United States proclaiming a day of thanksgiving, this third day of October, in the year of our Lord, 1863. As we go into this holiday season, and particularly Thanksgiving, I'll be talking more about this, about Thanksgiving. I'll talk about it tomorrow. But no one can separate your heart and my heart from a being filled with Thanksgiving to Almighty God for His blessings, regardless of the circumstances. Push them aside for a moment and thank God that He's in control. And thank Him for the blessings. There's abundance of blessings. We'll be talking about that over the next day or two. There's an abundance of blessings. Be thankful, regardless of the circumstances. Thank you for your support. I am deeply thankful to you who support this ministry. And please continue. We're not doing so well on our budget this month, so thanks for standing with us. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 
0009, Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Keep looking up, keep your heart open to the Lord, and give thanks.